0: This is the radio broadcast of Shi'ar Jeshub, coming from Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, and featuring the teaching ministry of Pastor Greg Scalzo. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and today we will be continuing the Heavenly Authority series. My husband is currently in the book of 1 Samuel, Chapter 18, And when we left off the sermon last time, Pastor had read how the Israelite women came out to greet the returning King Saul and his men, singing, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands. In verse 8, it says that Saul is very angry, and the saying displeased him. And he said, They have ascribed to David ten thousands? And to me they have ascribed only thousands? Now, what more can he have but the kingdom? Let's rejoin
1: Pastor Greg. Is Saul there anxious for the work of God in the next generation? Does he say, as Moses said to Joshua in Numbers chapter 11, verse 29? Oh, that all the Lord's people were prophets, and that the Lord, the Lord would put his Spirit upon them all. Moses didn't want to just be the one guy with the Spirit of God. He wanted everyone. He wanted to see the multiplied work of God. It's Saul saying, wow, this is great. Even greater things are going to be done. No, he's holding on to what he has. It's no longer God's work and it's no longer God's kingdom. Look what he says. Now what more can he have but the kingdom? Well, whose kingdom is it? It's God's kingdom, it's not his. That's the first thing the king is supposed to know. But he's not thinking it's God's kingdom anymore. Now it's his kingdom and he's holding on. Saul is not thinking about the future of his people. Saul is thinking about himself, and so Saul is very angry. Believers, jealousy and envy is a terrible thing. Now, I'm not talking about jealousy like being jealous or zealous for the Lord, which is said over and over in the Old Testament, or the jealousy a husband has for a wife, or the Bible tells us the Lord uh, is a jealous God. He visits the iniquities of the fathers on the children for the third or fourth generation. I'm not talking about that type of jealousy where you have a relationship that should not be broken and then that can be broken and so the other party's jealous. I'm speaking about envy, the jealousy where you look at someone else, you compare yourself to that person, and then you become enraged that they have something that you don't have or that they are something that you're not. And rather than going to God and saying, Lord, correct what's wrong or help They're always looking at that person and they're jealous of them. They're envious of them. Saul has lost what David has now. Saul should get down on his knees and ask God to give it back to him. But instead he looks at David and he's mad and he's angry. He's got it and he's jealous. He's envious. Human comparisons are bad. We have to each stand before God and say, Lord, what do you have for me? What am I supposed to do? and not constantly be looking at others and saying, I want what they have. I, why should they be like that? There are people that are always miserable because they go out on the streets and they see someone drive by in a nice car. Why do they get to drive in a nice car? Why do they get to live in a nice house? And if they lived in a nice house and a nice car themselves, they would look at the person that lived in a better place and say, well, what do they have a better car for? And they're never happy because they're not happy people. And so that selfishness, Jonathan is selfless, that selfishness leads them to always look and compare to other people and be envious and jealous. And there's no satiating that. Saul becomes insanely jealous because of this human comparison, this envy, this resentment at another's success, this discontent because David has something that he doesn't have. What more can he have with the kingdom? God's kingdom is God's. This action of envy comes out of pride, selfishness, and greed. He's holding on. He's greedy. He's thinking about himself, and so he's angry with envy. God has anointed David. It's God's choice. God has chosen. Saul can't stop that. It's not his possession. It's God's. The victory that God has given Saul and he's now giving David, what are they for? What did David say in verse 47? He said to Goliath, For the battle is the Lord's. And he said, That all the earth may know in verse 46 that there is a God in Israel. That's the purpose of the victory, to give glory unto God. The battle is the Lord's. The battle is not to have a number count so Saul can say, I have so many, and he has so many, so I have to be greater than him. You know, he's annoyed that the women are saying, David has 10,000, I have 1,000. That's not the purpose of the victory. The purpose of the victory is to bring glory onto God. Who cares for the numbers? It's God's victory, it's God's numbers. It was God's thousand, now it's God's 10,000. It's not to enhance the image of Saul, the appearance of Saul. Saul sees it as his image, his appearance, that's pride, that's selfishness. Maybe it's foolish for the women, you know, to go around saying this this way. They're not wording it the most, you know, women like to count, they like to count incomes, they like to count houses, bedrooms, some women. You know, and Saul got thousands, David has 10,000. Some men, they can be sent into a frenzy in competitiveness to show, hey, I got more Philistines than he has. Um, So maybe it wasn't the smartest way for these women to come out and sing it. But Saul is the wise king. He should have known better. He should not be, if it wasn't phrased properly, it shouldn't bother him. He should know better than this. He should be above this. He's the king of Israel. The battle is the Lord's. He's not focusing on God, he's focusing on who? On David, and comparing himself. And envy turns to lot. Envy turns to murder. Verse 9, So Saul eyed David from that day forward. He's eyeing him, he's going to watch him to see if he's prospering more. And it happened on the next day that the distressing spirit from God came upon Saul, just like before, and he prophesied by this demonic spirit so, David, you know, get him in there. He plays the music with his hands, as at other times, doesn't work. But there was a spear in Saul's hand. And Saul cast the spear, for he said, I will pin David to the wall. But David escaped his presence twice. And again, the people in the court see crazy old Saul. Here he goes again. But David's playing does not send the spirit away because Saul now is aligning his will with the demon. And so the demon doesn't flee anymore. It's become part of him and that envy turns to murder. And we'll see that David remains loyal to Saul even after this. The demon can't stand to have David around. What does it say here? Now Saul was afraid of David, verse 12 because the Lord was with him, but had departed from Saul. He's lost it, and David has it. Therefore, Saul removed him from his presence and made him captain over a thousand. He went out and came in before the people. The spirit can't take it. Saul can't take it. Now he's in agreement with that spirit, and he can't take David anymore, and he just sends him out. He makes him a captain, and you see how God uses this Terrible situation sinful situation with Saul. He uses it to prosper David and David winds up the captain over Thousands and he comes into full view of the people Um, It says in verse 13 therefore Saul removed him from his presence and made him captain He went out and came in before the people verse 14 and David behaved wisely same Hebrew word as before in all his ways and the Lord was with him." So all the people see David prospering now. Because he gets him out of the court, he, the Lord advertises David through it to the commanders and to the people and they see that David is a man that acts wisely and that fears God and it builds his position in the army. And David's reaction he could have said, why is the king throwing a spear at me? But David stays calm. He does what's right. He behaves wisely. He responds with diligence to his responsibilities. He's still obedient unto Saul. But I think what keeps David calm is that he truly believes in the Lord and his relationship with God gives him peace. And that allows him to tolerate what Saul has done and just keep going in a calm fashion. Saul grows more afraid because in verse 16, just the opposite of what he wanted, when he throws David out of him and makes him the captain, it says, And all Israel and Judah loved David because he went out and came in before them. They all see what he's doing, and they all love David. Saul's wrong treatment of David doesn't stop with him just throwing the spear at David. Do you remember the promise? Remember David's going around at the Israelite camp and he can't get over, no one is challenging Goliath and he says, you know, what's what's promised? What shall be done for the man who kills the Philistine and takes the reproach away from Israel? And he's told, they all know it, that the king will enrich him greatly, will give him his daughter, meaning his firstborn daughter's hand, and give his father's house exemption from taxes. So David was supposed to get saul's daughter he was meant to come into the court he was meant to have the riches do the one that killed goliath and the position by marrying saul's daughter well it says in verse 17 of chapter 18 then saul said to david here is my older daughter mirab i will give her to you as a wife only be valiant for me and fight the lord's battles go out Fight, do what the Lord wants you to do, and I'll give you the daughter. He should have married her to begin with, but he's giving me more stipulation here. Do the battles for me. And it says, when Saul said this, he's saying something that sounds one way to David, but he's thinking another. For Saul thought, let my hand not be against him, but let the hand of the Philistines be against him. Now he's afraid to kill David. He saw he couldn't kill him, right? The spear missed two times. He's afraid of God's anointing. So, well, I'll put him in a position where the Philistines will kill him. He's not offering his daughter again because he really wants David to be his son-in-law. He's offering his daughter to try to set David up to get killed. He's afraid of God, Saul. So why is he playing this game? Can't God see Saul's thoughts? Is there anything hidden from the God of all creation? Doesn't he know the very thoughts and attitudes of our hearts? He can fool David. He can fool the people and make them think that he's making David a great commander when he's looking for David to be killed. But you cannot fool God. You cannot play a game with God. His fear should bring him to repentance, but his selfishness will not bring him to repentance. Rather, he plays this weird game with God, thinking he can lie and do this thing and get away with it. And God won't see.
0: You can write to us at our post office box in Branford, Connecticut. That's Shi'ar Jashub, P.O. Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 064-05. Shiar Jashub Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in Madison, Connecticut, in the upper room of the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane. Please remember to join us next time for Shiar Jashub.